there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome inside Special Teams, the podcast with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon as we take you back to some specific years in sports and what some special teams were able to accomplish in those years. And this episode starts a run we're going to have, and well, it's pretty simple. We're going to call it I Love the 90s. We're Sweet. Gonna, we're going to look back at some specific years in the 1990s and some stories that really stood out. We'll go back to 91 and 95 and then 99. So we'll cover the entire decade. I, I'm assuming we'll do an I Love the 80s at some point. I'm assuming oh, we we'll have do an to. I Love the Aughts. We should probably call Hal Sparks to come on because he's he's on all those I Love the 90s, I Love the 80s shows that are everywhere. Here's the thing, though. I mean, during the pandemic... Uh, as we we huddle and we create content and look for content, uh, a lot of these guys are waiting by their phone for the next call. Uh, we can have a lot of special <laughs> guests in future weeks with different years. All right, who is topping the the charts? I'll watch an infomercial late at night. Look for love songs of the eighties if oh. I need to, and we'll reach out to all of those bands. Remember when this great one came out in 77? I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I know you were right. When yeah, they usually host those things. Yeah, well, that's true, yeah. Hey, yeah, listen, Air Supply's usually the, hey, remember this one? You can use our songs if you let us host it and pay us some money. Can we do that? Oh, great, that's wonderful. Every fourth song is, <laughs> is Air Supply. Is Air Supply. There's no question about it. Uh, so I love the 90s. We're going to look back at two seasons that two NFL teams had in 1991. What a great year. One not so great a year, but boy, was at the beginning of something special. Well, first, I was fresh out on the the streets of Evanston, Illinois, as a freshman at Northwestern, oh, uh, look at ready you. for this football season, making friends and and finding out just how much people wagered 
as college students. I was hitting the fall of my senior year in college, and I'm going, wow, that's the last time this team was really, really good. That was a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> yeah, they had a good run. Uh, but the first team we're going to look at, we're going back to 1991, the best regular season ever for the Detroit Lions. Now, we've done a podcast talking about them being the Ofer team, but they had so many twists and turns, and they had tragedy they had to overcome in this season as well. They wind up 12-4 and four this year. This was the best year. This was one of those deal-with-the-devil type seasons for the Lions. <laughs> all right, They were 8-0 in the Silver Dome. They were undefeated indoors all season long. They swept the Green Bay Packers. It was the last time they would win at Lambeau Field until 2015. I mean, it was like, all right, all the years of frustration, Lions. I, we're going to put it together. This is the year. You, well, you, give us lose, 1991. They, they lost 24 straight to them overall. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Like they they just couldn't beat them at all. First playoffs, first winning season since 1983. Mm-hmm. It was it Wayne was, Fonts getting after it. I mean, 12 and four. The Lions were a legitimate Super Bowl threat in 1991. This was the year that Herman Moore debuted And what a career he had If he played right now He would be the best wide receiver in the NFL Bar none He was tall, he was athletic, he was unstoppable in the red zone And there's no coincidence that Detroit's Playoff run of the 90s Look, they were in the playoffs actually six times in the 1990s Mm -hmm. Were all with him They weren't there, then suddenly Herman Moore shows up and they were there He was someone who could catch three passes in a game But it would be three for 101 and three touchdowns I mean, he was just that good And he came in and and I I was stunned It was like a spider playing with a fly And if it was time now He would be an even a taller, more athletic Or or really, he'd be even better Julio Jones That's kind of how I'd look at Herman Moore And how dominant he would be if he played right now and just think about it in this season, only 11 catches, right? It wasn't a guy that got a lot of run, uh, would eventually seven straight years of at least 900 receiving yards, three 100 catch seasons, which is unheard of uh, in that time, unless your name was Largent or Rice. Uh, and I guess Art Monk had his uh, share as well. But, you know, he, he was a beast. And you think about some of the missed opportunities when you think of the greatness at skill positions, because we'll get to that other guy in a minute, uh, but Herman Moore coming onto the scene. And uh, let's, let's face it. We, we were excited about him as fantasy owners, uh, as we got things rolling in college and passed Excel spreadsheets around. I mean, he, he went from, I and mean, it's really amazing to think that a guy with this good a career, his first three years were pretty pedestrian. Yeah. You know, he had, he always had a great yards per reception average, but his first three years were 11, 51, and 61 catches. You're like, wow. And then, then he turned into a star. Yeah, then he turned into a star. Then he was at 123, 106, 104. Back when catching 100 passes was the gold standard. Nowadays, yeah. it's you got to get to 150. Oh, Michael Thomas gets to 150. All right, that's what it but well, already looking at was 2020. Going, yeah, going, how, how do I bust what I did a year ago, right? I mean, go back even... 1993, when he only had 61, played in 15 games. You had Perriman, Rodney Holman, the tight end. And not not a lot of weaponry going around. And you still had uh, Brett Perriman. He had 49 catches. So operational efficiency from that offense. Look, you still just tucked it into the gut of 20 and and you lived and died by him. Yeah, this was a season that Barry Sanders had a career high in rushing touchdowns. He had 16. He missed a game and a half, still ran for 1,500 yards. I mean, this was... 
you know, peak Barry Sanders. I mean, he came into the league at peak Barry Sanders and he stayed peak Barry Sanders till he <laughs> retired. But this was middle of his career, his yards per carry average up around five. This was what Barry Sanders did. And he was so dangerous. And he, like I said, this was one of those boy with all these weapons that the Lions had, it really was shocking. I mean, it is the Lions to say, how come they weren't this good for longer? Yeah, they were a playoff threat, but look at all this talent there. You mentioned Brett Perriman. Look, you have Barry Sanders, who's the best running back in the NFL in the 1990s. You got Perriman, who was starting his big run of Detroit's big wide receiving core with uh, with Johnny Morton, who was there. It was Herman Moore and Perriman and Johnny Morton. You had Mel Gray, who was an all-pro kick returner. Lomas Brown, who was the best offensive lineman Detroit ever had. You know, Chris Spielman at inside linebacker, Benny Blades at free safety, Jerry Ball at nose tackle. They had really dominant players. I mean, these were all the biggest, some of the biggest stars of the early 90s. And, and the Lions, they, they were loaded with these guys. Well, you had five pro bowlers. You had five all pros. You had Mel Gray as your return man. I mean, you had a lot of stuff going on with this squad. Can I give you a couple of Barry Sanders to have some fun with? Oh, the, yeah. Go ahead. Give me stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? Give me some. Eight games with at least 100 rushing yards. Four of those games with at least 140. Uh, obviously, a couple of monster games. He had that huge effort against Minnesota in the middle of this. Five games with multiple touchdowns. But here, here's the fun stat, right? Because we always used to chuckle with Barry Sanders of zero, minus one, four, two, mm-hmm. 75. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> he had six games w- with 63 or fewer rushing yards mm-hmm. in the season as well. So you did bottle him up. Just, <laughs> hey, you know what? We're going to make Rodney Peter or Eric Kramer beat you. But the thing that always stood out to me is he caught a lot more passes than I think the, you would have expected. Uh, on this squad, he was the sixth leading receiver. Uh, well, actually, what? Yeah, fifth, he was fifth with 41 receptions. Yeah, he so, would catch about 30, 40 passes right, a year. Here's yeah. a little swing out and see what you can do. I remember losing a game in fantasy where I was winning. We were killing the other team. It was a distance league, so the longer touchdowns Uh-oh. you have are, are, are the bigger ones, right? So, And it was a bonus to get to 100 yards. So the whole game where we were playing against Barry Sanders, and this was the first time that I remember having to always hold my breath whenever we played against Barry Sanders. We're winning. We're up by like 25 points, which is a lot in a distance league because you didn't get any points until you got to 100 yards or you, you had a touchdown. So it wasn't like now where it's, Every 10 yards is a point, and you get point in PPR. So we're killing them. And it's nearing the end of the four o'clock games. I'm like, hey, uh, this is, you know, we're going to win here. And all of a sudden, the score jumps from us up 25 to us down four. I go, what the hell just happened? We got 29 points. (laughs) Barry Sanders ran for an 80-yard touchdown. And it yeah. was, it gave him over a hundred. It gave him a bonus. It was 16 points for the touchdown. And we go, yeah, we're winning. How are we down four? Now we're going to lose that one bleep and play. I remember it came over on the, uh, the ticker where a sudden it was Detroit. Barry Sanders, 80 yard touchdown. I went, oh no, come on. Oh, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Well, but he also epitomized, you know, working in fantasy as both you and I have done uh, for many years how a prediction on a player's performance based on, you know, the defense, the offensive line struggles, all of those things, how it all turns on one play from being, wow, I'm a genius to you idiot. You cost me with your stupid sick <laughs> guys like Barry Sanders were the ones that kill you. Look, the bears defense, they're going to hunker down. That front seven is going to be able to contain him. Yeah. And they might do that 19 times on the 20th. All of a sudden, Hey, he's got 20, 120 and a score. <laughs> I, I gave you everything I had. 
<laughs> the Lions start this season with Rodney Pete at quarterback, who you and I have done shows with yeah, here absolutely. in LA. Uh, they lose 45 nothing week one to Washington. So, okay, well, they didn't start out like it was going to be a great season. Mark Rippin, yo. Yeah, and they work at, well, this was, you know, this is Washington's big year. So yeah, it's, yeah. it just turns out that they had a great year <laughs> that one team really beat them bad a couple of times. Well, you know what? The bookends are not kind. <laughs> There's a lot of no, meat that's in the true. middle. Yeah. But the bread, the bread was nothing. Yeah. It was bad bread. You know, you get a sandwich mm -hmm. and you're like, boy, I really, the bread really is not good. <laughs> you know, upgrade the bread. I mean, cold cuts I can get anywhere. It's the bread that makes the sandwich. Uh, the, the Lions gave me crappy bread. Uh, the Lions were kind of up and down until two things happened due to injury. The first one, Rodney Pete gets hurt in the ninth week and Eric Kramer takes over. Eric Kramer, whose nickname was Brass because he called an audible on the very first series after replacing Rodney Pete. So I was like, well, this dude's coming in. He's calling an audible already. This guy's got brass, you know what? And Eric Kramer, who had a lot of difficulties, you know, yeah. in his life after the NFL. His I, son, I did some work with Eric as well. Oh, he survived a suicide attempt. His son died from a heroin overdose. He, he, he said he was tough for him to be married because he had a lessened mental capacity. He has had a really rough time but on the field this year I mean every time he is filled in as a starter whether it was with the Lions or the Bears he was terrific you know it, it's like he almost like you know reminded me of a little bit he almost reminded me of what Nick Foles is like now that when he was pressed into service suddenly it's, boy, this guy could throw three touchdowns at 300 yards a week that's kind of what I saw him as obviously Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl and Eric Kramer never led the Bears or the Lions there but just the way he was able to come in and take command of the offense and and put up big numbers he kind of reminds me that that's the impact he had on the game and on those teams is what Nick Foles had on the Eagles when he played for them during the course of his career Tell you what, a couple of fantastic runs with, with Chicago uh, and working with them, you know, I learned a lot. It's like, all right, let's sit down and watch a couple of plays and, you know, pointing out things he would see. So made me a, a better student and helped me to understand some things. Try to pick guys' brains, man, no matter what kind of job you're doing. Keep asking questions. You might annoy people, uh, but you're going to come out <laughs> better for it. Uh, but yeah, he, he was a guy that once he came in, because he didn't, he was unconscious, right? You take Foles. I take the the Ryan Fitzpatrick approach to a degree. Likeable mm -hmm. guy in the locker room and a guy that wanted to lead and had no qualms about trying to push the ball and make something happen. So the Lions, as, as they try to maneuver their way around the season. Like I said, they were up and down a bit. They get to five and two, they get to six and three, six and four, but they really take off the final six weeks of the regular season. And one of the things that galvanized them was an absolute tragedy that uh, I'm sure you remember is in week 12, Mike Utley was paralyzed offensive lineman during a game uh, against the Rams. He gave the thumbs up, leaving the field. didn't know he was paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of the season. Detroit wore his number 60 on their helmets. Uh, they said they played the rest of the season for him. And, you know, Utley kept a great attitude throughout. I remember shortly after it happened, he couldn't wait to remember saying, I can't get wait to back with my teammates and drink and drink beer and have pizza. And, you know, watching this, Mike, for me, it was the first time I had really seen something like that happen to a player. You know, I remember seeing in, in highlights, the video of Daryl Stingley, who was paralyzed after mm -hmm. the big hit from Jack Tatum. This was in the, in the mid 1970s. And I didn't really quite understand what that was all about and how that could happen. And Utley was the first time I had seen it where I'm, I'm saying, whoa, it, it's just that easy because he just kind of fell awkwardly. 
You know, this wasn't a case where he was taken by surprise or he was knocked from behind. He just kind of fell awkwardly and he fell onto the crown of his helmet. And 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 to see it like that, I remember, you know, look, I'm in my early 20s and I go, that was it? Oh my God, I remember thinking how fragile it was and and and, and just thinking that this could happen on any play. And, it was, and I remember thinking about that for a long time, about Utley and following his story and, and, and how tragic it was and, and how great it was for him having that great attitude that he had following what happened because not many people would have had that. The resilience uh, and spirit became an inspiration. You can watch videos uh, of speaking engagements and first steps and everything. We watched the NFL and some, you know, there's the celebration of violence to a degree. Uh, just it's it's not a s- safe sport, right? When we talk about, you know, getting involved in this from the time we're kids or, you know, if your parents looking at whether you allow your child to play, you know that there are awkward falls, the stumble, right? Guy could lose his footing and just totally unintentionally come at you and and you have a hit that's just brutal. And so this was, for me, I think the same thing. The first time you, you ever had that pause watching a football game. So, yeah, it's it's one that's indelibly etched into my brain. I mean, between that or uh, when you had a receiver for the Bears rip both uh, hamstrings on the same play. I mean, you have those moments that are always in the back of your head. You mentioned all the things that Mike Utley has done in the past few years. I I talked about the thumbs up gesture he gave coming off the field. Uh, He turned that into the symbol for the Mike Utley Foundation, which is a foundation he created that year by he and his agent helped seek a cure for paralysis. And he was just a bright light uh, right after that was over for for anybody uh, who had a horrible tragedy like this befall them. And uh, really the legend of Mike Utley, I I look back at it and go, I I can't believe it. I I don't know how I would have reacted and I don't know how anybody, how most people would react, but just how, just how positive he was right after it. When it's, when that's a point where you would think people would say, oh, why did this happen? Do I really want to do this? Do I want to come back to it? And instead it was, he, like I said, right away, he was extremely positive. And that made it easier for the Lions to rally and to try to win for Mike Utley. And how did it go for them down the stretch? How were they able to win? And what happened to them in the playoffs? We got all that plus... The 1991 season of the Cleveland Browns. Why are they back at this season? Because it was Bill Belichick's first year in the NFL as a head coach. And boy, are there some doozy things you got to hear about his first year. That's coming up next right here on Special Teams. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. So what happened to the Detroit Lions at the end of the season once they made the change to Eric Kramer and trying to get past the tragedy of Mike Utley? It's quite simple. They didn't lose. They crushed the Vikings by 20. They beat the Bears by 10. They beat the Jets by two touchdowns. They finished their sweep beating the Packers at Green Bay. They beat the Bills in overtime to end the regular season at 12-4, and and they had Super Bowl aspirations. They get to their first playoff game, and they crush the Dallas Cowboys, 38-6. to Kramer was incredible. He threw for 341 and three touchdowns. Barry Sanders wasn't great, but he did have a 50-yard touchdown run to end the scoring. Uh, this was the only playoff win since 1957 <laughs> for the Detroit Lions. You Yay. look back and go, we had that one day against Dallas, and it was legendary. Yeah, I, I look at the totality of this season. I mean, they beat up Dallas twice, right? Week two. Uh, that was when you, you had Kramer pop in for a quick two two passes and a touchdown, and then they they beat him up again to start the playoffs. You realize th- this team in all the accomplishments going twelve and four in the regular season, they only averaged twenty one points a game. <laughs> that is unheard of, just absolutely impossible in today's NFL. You go twelve and four on that, like you're talking all time historic defenses running at it. They had five games where they scored thirty plus, six games where they scored seventeen or fewer. Again, statistical anomalies, and well, perhaps showing kind of a, as we look at teams and we do our, our stat bulldowns, like well, you know, they won some games they shouldn't have. Uh, well, looks like Detroit did that going all the way back to 1991. But you ride the legs of number 20, Kramer with the hot hand, especially in that game against Dallas, just absolutely humiliating them to set up uh, a rematch while with the season opener. You know, Dallas had a bit of controversy going on themselves because they had a kind of quarterback controversy going on because Troy Aikman got hurt earlier in the season. Steve Berline came in, leads Dallas to the playoffs. They win their first week. And so Berline is named the starter again for the game against the the Lions. 
Jimmy, as much as you want to tell me, oh, look at Troy McDonald, Jimmy Johnson did everything he could to not have Troy Aikman be his quarterback, right? Drafting Steve Walsh, taking him out, putting Steve Walsh in, trying to make it work with a guy other than Troy Aikman before it finally realized, okay, well, Aikman's really good and we got to go forward with him. It was all motivation. But early on, I it was just, you. it was like Chuck Nolan, Terry Bradshaw. It was like, but does Jimmy Johnson really like Troy Aikman? I mean, does he really like him? Because it seems like he's wanted to replace him his first three years in the league. I know he loves him now. So <laughs> it's all that well, matters. Sure. Our, our friends at Fox, man, they, they, they love each other now. Hall of Famers both. Mm. Uh, Aikman goes into the game, but couldn't get them down the field and, and wouldn't even put points on the board in the second half as the Lions turn their 17-6, leading to a 38-6 victory. Uh, this was a phenomenal achievement by the Lions, who now find themselves in the NFC Championship game against the Redskins. Remember, this Redskins team that beat them 45 nothing week one. But maybe they get some revenge. Maybe this is Barry Sanders' big game. Uh, no, it was none of those things. They get <laughs> demolished by the Washington Redskins. Eric Kramer fumbled early. He had an interception. It was not a great first half, but the Lions were only down 17-10. It was a close game. Barry Sanders had a bad game. He only ran for 44 yards and 11 carries. And in the second half, the Redskins just blow the doors off the Lions, outscoring them 24-0. They win 41-10 to go to the Super Bowl. They would go on to win the Super Bowl over the Buffalo Bills. But it, it, it always bothered me this game that... It was a close game, and I know they, they they got into the, especially the week before that Kramer was so hot and could throw the Lions out of trouble with all those great receivers, but when it's 17-10, you got to keep pounding Barry Sanders, right? He, Barry Sanders walking away from the NFC Championship game with 11 carries in a game that was a one-touchdown game at halftime, you scratch your head and go, Oh, wow. Really? That That's what you did? You, uh, but I get it. Sometimes you get so pass happy. You say, oh, this is our team. This is our team. You forget, well, you know what? Barry Sanders running for 150 yards. Uh, that's a pretty good equalizer. And and he, that was his style. Maybe he had 10 runs in a row where he had one or two or three yards or negative four yards, and then he didn't one for 75 or 80. But you never got that chance because he only had 11 carries. It's like anything with running backs. We watch it all the time. I mean, watch, you know, Derrick Henry, I think, you know, it, what he did in the 2019 season. There was a lot of that, some decent runs, but then all of a sudden on carry 15, he'd pop for a 30 yard run. You know, you, you need to get that lean, get the offensive line heated up and start getting the, the tongues wagging on the D line. And for Barry Sanders, that was one of the things, because we mentioned, you know, your pro bowlers and your all pros, you, you got your offensive linemen helping to set the table. And, you know, for, for Eric Kramer, you know, over the course of the year, you know, he had, what, eight starts and only had 10 touchdown passes, right? When it was all said and done, it was going back into the gut of number 20 to finish drives or, or you know, you settled for field goals and the defense made it hold up. But here, you, they didn't even give him a chance. No running room established and abandoning it in the second half. I mean, they gave up a quick field goal to make it 20-10, but really you know, not an insurmountable lead. I mean, dance with who brung you. And they didn't. And Wayne Fonz, I'm sure, ruse that day, that mm. opportunity lost. But then, you know, Washington wins the title. So you could say, hey, we were beaten by the best. Like you're in the middle of that, that carnival uh, Homer Simpson episode. <laughs> so, no, 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 son. That guy? No, 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 son. We were beaten by the best. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that was the season for the 1991 Lions, still to date the most successful season the Lions have ever had. And now what was 1991 for the Cleveland Browns? Well, listen, the Browns had a season that was, yeah, but there are a lot of twists and turns because it was Bill Belichick's first season as a head coach in the National Football League. Now, going back to 1991, right? Belichick was the guy, right? Coming off his success with the Giants as their defensive coordinator. He gets the job, head coach of the Browns. His first, he's 39 years old. His defensive coordinator was Nick Saban. You know, Nick Saban was left Toledo. He was the head coach of Toledo where he had a pretty good year. Uh, he was nine and two in his third year. And suddenly Nick Saban's on his way up the coaching uh, ladder, head coach. But he decides to leave to go to the NFL to be Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator. It was, you think about that now, boy, wait, he was a head coach, but he's going to go be a DC somewhere and not a head coach somewhere. And you look at that talent and the friendship that has been going on now for over 30 years. This is how it started for the Browns. Belichick was actually a lot like he is now back in 1991, except without being a legend and having his moves <laughs> not questioned because he was still awkward. He didn't talk much. Yep. He was very weird and distant. And the reaction of Belichick being a head coach was this guy's a genius, right? Well, maybe geniuses act a little weird. They don't talk to the press as much as they should, but okay. We think this guy's going to be great. That's kind of how we see Belichick now, except with all the, the wins, the Super Bowls he has, it's, well, whatever Belichick wants to do, we're going to do. You, know, we, we, you can't question him. But back then it was, okay, some of the things he did, I, I kind of don't get why he did what he did. But this was what happens when you're year one versus, you know, your 30th year in the NFL yeah. and, you've won, and, and, and you've won Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Well, plan the work, work the plan. And look, it's Cleveland and even going all the way back here with Modell uh, at the reins. Uh, you're talking about an organization that still ran through coaches, mm -hmm. right? Because he was interviewed for the job two years prior and, well, they passed up on him. Uh, and eventually he gets this gig and, you know, in doing the research and having some fun reading some old columns from the time in the local newspapers and the, uh, the epitaphs that were written after his departure uh, called either Dr. Doom or the voice of doom by the media. <laughs> Medell called him mean spirited and unlikable <laughs> and saying uh, and telling some local reporters he wished he'd hired Bill Cower when he'd had the chance. So, I mean, you got, you got a lot of hats. And I wish I hired somebody else. I mean, just think about that now. Look, Bill Cowher was a great coach, but just think about, I wish I hired Cowher. But, but think about that. It's like eventually, you know, he's in the division, right? You then become uh, the Ravens, and you have the bitter rivalry that goes from there. But Belichick did, after winning his fourth Super Bowl, was doing his thank yous and included Modell for his patience at the start of his career. So for Belichick, it was a great learning experience for Medell. It's like blank that guy. <laughs> <laughs> now he takes over a team that the talent was either on their way down or not up to par, right? He got a lot out of a little, like the, the Browns were terrible the year before they still had Bernie Kosar, a quarterback, their running back tandem was Leroy Horde and Kevin Mack and Eric Metcalf. Uh, they threw a lot of passes out of the backfield. Michael Jackson was their big wide receiver before he changed Michael Dyson, Michael Jackson, who actually wasn't bad. He had some pretty good years. Uh, Reggie Langhorn, Webster slaughter at wide receiver. This was kind of a team that was, 
they, they had gone through their 80s salad days, and now we're trying to hold on and figure out how do we segue to the next level of the Browns because the Browns were good the back half of the night. They just couldn't get past the Denver Broncos in the, in the AFC Championship games because they fumbled and they gave up drives. Uh, you know, the Browns were pretty good in the 80s, but they had to turn their page. Look, they still relied on Frank Minifield. Now, Michael Dean Perry was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, they drafted Eric Turner, who turned out to be a Pro Bowl player. Uh, he missed the first half of 91 with an injury. Uh, you know, passed away very young, very tragic stomach cancer in in 2000. Um, But this was a team that it was, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was kind of middle of the road talent wise. So it's not like Belichick came in and they said, okay, Hey, the cupboard stocked for you. Go win some games. No, not, not at all. I mean, Jackson was a rookie. He was a sixth round pick back when there were uh, a lot more rounds. Think about the coverage. Now it's the week of the draft. No, 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 really, the week of the draft, because we're going to split this thing up over seven days, which is what I thought they should have done for 2020, but I digress. I mean, when you, when you look at it, and Leroy Horde is your number two wide receiver as a running back. Yeah, it's tough. Right? I mean, that that's the tough thing. I mean, you look at this offense, you know, Bernie Kosar, what, 18? No, nine, the, as a team, they had 19 passing touchdowns. Leroy Horde had nine touchdown receptions. Yeah. That's not good for anybody. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, if you have him in fantasy, it's good. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, for for those early adopters yes. of fantasy football, if you were on the cut, hey, this is like, hey, I, I'm, I'm buying Apple while they're uh, still working in garages uh, and Microsoft and whatever else. Um, yeah, same thing here. I'm doing I'm doing early fantasy. I mean, toward the back end of my my collegiate career, uh, in the towards the mid nineties, where I started getting involved. But I mean, you you didn't have much depth. You had you had a couple of good fundamental players in terms of the 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 thankless jobs, right? Not in the stats. I mean, you mentioned Michael Dean Perry, you mentioned Minifield, and and you got some guys of that ilk. But you didn't you didn't walk in with a great cast here. So the expectations. I don't know how high they could have been. Eventually they would get there and say, all right, we got enough on paper. Let's go. Cause people start making those wild predictions and say, this is the year they break through. Okay. Uh, we always know how those go. Those are the roll, the dice, you know, stone cold lock kind of segments uh, that we do of, I need a dark horse because mm-hmm. I can't, I can't pick chalk. Where's something where things could break crazy. Uh, and on the brilliance, and the reputation, I mean, because also think about it. You mentioned 38, 39 years old as he gets this thing started. I mean, that's that's still relatively unheard of unless Al Davis was the hiring manager. <laughs> and we saw some bits and pieces, as I said in the beginning, of who Belichick would turn into as a head coach. And certain things I'm going to tell you are going to say, oh, I completely see him doing that. Oh, I can completely see him doing that. They start off 0-1, and their first win, ironically for Belichick, is against <laughs> New England. Yeah. Uh, they held Tommy Hodson, who was the Patriots starting Tommy- quarterback. Hodson. Touchdown, Tommy. They held Tommy Hodson to six Not every yards guy passing. Tommy is touchdown, Tommy. No, 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 no. If you told the Patriots, listen, you just got to wait 10 years and another Tommy's going to show up and you're actually going to be good, Patriots fans would have said, okay. New England throws for six yards through three quarters. All right, here's the best part of the game. Randy Hilliard blitzed off the edge all game. He had two sacks, right? Belichick decided him to use Randy Hilliard off the edge. He played nine seasons in the NFL. 
He had three sacks overall, but <laughs> Belichick used him off the edge in this to get to Hudson Two in this game. So this is where you started to see the mad scientist version. And he had Belichick. an interception. Right, exactly. It was like, this is my greatest game ever. And then it's like, okay, you're, you're just a guy now for the rest of your career. But this is what Belichick did. I'm going to take a guy and put him in position. He's not used to this. And this is what we're going to do. He's done it with running backs to the frustration yeah. of oh, the yeah. aforementioned fantasy oh, owners for years. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, uh, oh, wait, Rex Burkhead's coming in. He wants to say something. Hang on. Uh, now, I mentioned Reggie Langhorn. He assigned Reggie Langhorn to the practice squad after he didn't hustle in practice. He got fined 45K and he appealed and he ended up winning. So Langhorn winds up winning the appeal and, but it didn't matter because Belichick wanted to put him on the practice squad because he didn't hustle. So these two things right here, you are seeing that he's this, you could see him doing this now with somebody in New England, not putting him on the practice squad, but putting them somewhere where, okay, I'm about, you're not hustling. Here you are, you know, week two of the season and I'm a brand new head coach. And here's a guy that's been a tenured player here in the national football league. And I want to try to put you on the practice squad. Uh, the thing that hurt Belichick, Belichick is that he didn't have what he needed to be able to pull moves like this off and still keep everybody involved, right? You need the strong veteran leadership and the cachet to make the big moves without losing support. And there were a lot of veterans on this team, but he's the new head coach. So, you know, Bernie Kosar has gone through the wars already, you know, so have a lot of these other players. So is Slaughter. So is Minifield. So have all these players. So here's this, he's a new guy. Look at what he's doing so far. So it, it takes a while to build a culture when that's the kind of coach you are. I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want to, and you either buy in or you don't, and it takes a while to get that buy-in. Yeah, and a couple of the moves along the way, right? You have this is the inaugural season, but eventually uh, pushes Bernie out. And then you have the Vinny, uh, Vinny Testaverde. I, how many Vinnies are there? As soon as we say Vinny, that's the only guy that matters. Uh, and Eric Zier. Remember Eric Oh, Zier. Eric Zier. Right, he signed Andre Rise, and even though a bunch of folks were going, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't yeah. Do that. Yeah. $17 million deal for him. Season ticket sales fell four out of five years. As you can tell, I really enjoyed going back into the origin story. And uh, Akron columnist uh, celebrated his eventual dismissal by calling it the five-year reign of error is over. Yeah. We're, we're, Not terror. No, error. Error. Look, it was it was hard, you know. And look, and this year it was a lot of starts and stops. Like Cleveland couldn't run the football and they couldn't stop the run. That was their problem. They had pedestrian running backs and they couldn't stop the run. But they were still sitting at four and four middle of the season. Mm-hmm. The AFC was really bad this year. In fact, the final wild card spot would go to an eight and eight team. But this is where not being able to run the football crushed them. They lost a huge game when they led Philadelphia by twenty three points, but they couldn't run the football and kill the clock, and they lost that game. And that seemed to be the theme the rest of the season but for the browns they still are lurking at the edge of the playoff chase when they are six and seven they're just a game out of the playoff race and suddenly belichick's getting a little bit of hey all right well look at the browns you look the browns have been bad they were bad a year before maybe now belichick can bring them back like i said it was full of stops and starts well you win two belichick. in a row yeah you're on the road with a big win against indianapolis Mm-hmm. So, hey, why not us? Uh, so why not us? What happened to knock the Browns out of the playoffs? A coaching decision that Bill Belichick made that you want to scratch your head and go, well, he might do that differently again. All that and more. Plus, we find out where are they now from all these players on the Lions and Browns coming up next right here on Special Teams. 
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. So how did it go for the Cleveland Browns? Six and seven, a game out of the playoff race, Belichick's first year. Maybe he's a great head coach. Well, they lose a game to Denver and they lose a game in the snow down 17-14 to the Houston Oilers. They're on the two-yard line with one play left. Bill Belichick decides to have Matt Stover kick a field goal, except in the snow, Stover slips and hooks the field goal to the left. This was the... Waterloo game for the Cleveland Browns that really stood for so many how so close but yet so far away during this season because they lost a lot of close games the second half of the season. I mean, you'd think Belichick, all right, two-yard line with one play left, let's kick a field goal and and, and uh, go to overtime. All right, that's what we got to do, except it, it's too snowy and Stover misses. You think Belichick would do that now or would, would he find a way when he had Tom Brady as quarterback to say, let's stick this thing in the end zone and win the game right here. I got to play that's going to get us two yards and get us into the end zone. I got to think, you know, with all the rub routes and everything, they're going to find a quick little. Oh yeah, they slant. would rub. Oh, they would rub in a second. Right, hey, guys would just quick rub. rub route. Hey, look who's wide open. Or James White out of the backfield, or talk about Leroy Hoyard. He would have been found open. <laughs> he would have got <laughs> two yards. Hey, he would have thrown to him. Leroy Hoyard could have got two yards for you because that's all he got was two yards. I think that was a that was Leroy Hoyard's quote, right? If you need two yards, I'll get you two yards. I'll get you two yards. If you, you need, need if yards. you need eight yards, I'll get you two yards. Right? That <laughs> was right. that was Leroy Hoyard. Correct. Uh, so the Browns lose. They don't make the playoffs, but still, it's amazing that he took a team that was so middle to lower third of the road talented, and he had them that close to the playoffs all the way till week fifteen. But that was kind of 
the theme for Belichick as years went on. You know, you mentioned Vinny Testaverde benching Bernie Kosar for Vinny Testaverde. Kosar was in later years. These are some of the things that Belichick did that did not win him any favors yeah. in Cleveland. You know, he didn't see that if I bench Bernie Kosar, even though it's time, he's a legend in this city and just get and they and they benched him and waved him. And it was what what a Whoa, what the hell? Then, of course, Kozar goes on to get his revenge, playing pretty well in an NFC Championship game for the Dallas Cowboys and helping them get to the Super Bowl a couple of years later. But that was stunning. Even though the move had to happen and Testaverde played pretty well, you got to handle that differently. You mentioned signing Andre Risen had a tumultuous season. This is when him and Lisa Left Eye Lopes was the was the big story, the big uh, uh, throughout the season. It was the two of them were together and she lit a fire that burned his mansion down. He got booed all season. He had a bad year. You know, it, it, all of these things came back to bite Bill Belichick in the butt that this didn't work for him, which once you have the cachet, you can go sign questionable players and bring them in and say, you know what? We got this. You know, the, he went and signed Andre Rise and it didn't work out. But after winning for a while, let's go make a trade for Randy Moss. Oh, my God. Nobody wants this guy. No, oh, no, yeah, I got go, it. Randy go Moss all the way down the line. Out. Look at what he did. He needed an owner who believed in him and would let him do this thing. But for every step forward, there was a step to the side or a step back. And Belichick learned a whole hell of a lot because he's, he's, the, he's the quintessential dictionary definition of who's a guy that learned a lot his first job as head coach and then really kicked ass the second job. That's what Belichick did. Because some of these things he he did again, he just did them in different ways because he learned how to do them better the second time around. Yeah, I mean, and, and don't forget, I mean, he did stop over with the Jets. It was a stopover with the Jets. Well, yes. I mean, it was, um, he, that was his second head coaching job. Uh, but <laughs> the reality... He was undefeated. Undefeated. No, absolutely. Undefeated. No question about it. Put a plaque up for him. Uh, but yeah, talking about it before, the grateful that he got more years, right? I mean, because he did get several years to try to build and get it right. And you think about the NFL now, you don't. And you may not get that second shot. You might become everybody's favorite interim coach as a coordinator. I mean, he might have gone back to being the greatest defensive coordinator again. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like the American president and, uh, you know, Martin Sheen and Michael Douglas uh, talking about it. It's like, if it wasn't for me, you'd be the most popular, you know, professor at the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> right. <laughs> Same thing here. Bill Belichick had a guy that believed him and believed in him and Kraft and company saw enough to say, all right, it might be a little unconventional. He may not say a lot but we can make this work. And lo and behold, there you have it. So that was the season for the Cleveland Browns. It didn't turn out well for Belichick after five years, uh, but it turned out better for him in the long run. How about some, where are they now? Where are some Lions and Browns from these teams in 91? Sheldon White, cornerback, executive director of player personnel and recruiting, Michigan State. Always got to have a coach or executive uh, in, in the buildings uh, as we go. Tracy Hayworth, head coach, Grundy County High. I just thought that sounded cool. In Colmount, Tennessee, you've got Dennis Gibson, linebacker, rent restaurant tour, pizza places, and a place called Uptown Food and Beverage. Uh, you and I like to eat, so we got that in. Uh, and then you have Mike Farr, Second Chance Motors, uh, financing subprime folks. 
uh, eventually ended up in the middle of something with the uh, Exchange Commission. Uh, so we'll push that one off to the side. Uh, Frank Minifield, uh, all pro honors, uh, all pro homes is what he ended up putting together. Uh, home building operation. He's also on the Chamber of Commerce in Lexington. You know, he he started his career with the Chicago Blitz before he made it to the NFL and his four-time Pro Bowls. How about that? The Chicago Blitz, everybody. Nicely done. Yeah. Brian Brennan, nine years uh, in the league. He's an executive for Key Bank. You got Joe Morris. Remember, he, this was his last year in the NFL. He was part of this yeah. squad. Uh, real estate and insurance. Uh, he was a part owner uh, of the New Jersey Red Dogs with Carl Banks and Harry Carson. And I saved the best for last because, well, we got to get a, another Syracuse guy in here. Todd Philcox. Yeah, quarterback. Yeah, Todd Philcox. Ready? Nine years in the league, appeared in 15 games. He is the Coast Guard licensed captain of a business called Salty Charters. <laughs> Fishing, cruising, and sightseeing down in Jacksonville, Florida. Can you tell me about what time when you beat Penn State? Arr! Dude, we got to go. We got to go and, and go and sightseeing. It's like, why are you guys here as you're sitting there with your Syracuse shirt hat on, <laughs> smiling at him from ear to ear? Come on, how brilliant would that be? Oh, So that's our look back at the 1991 seasons of the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns. Belichick's first year as a head coach, the Lions' best season ever. I'm Jason Smith. He's Mike Harmon. Our radio show is Monday through Friday on Fox Sports Radio. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. You have an idea for a future episode of Special Teams? Hit us up, Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. We got a couple episodes coming up that by popular demand, we're going to throw out there. So keep them coming. We'll talk to you next week as I Love the 90s continues on Special Teams. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.